0: Welcome once again to 20 Minute Topic, I'm Marcus Stead and I'm joined as usual by veteran campaigner and blogger Greg Lance Watkins. The Platinum Jubilee has arrived and we're in for a four-day weekend of fun, thanksgiving and reflection. Queen Elizabeth II has set a superb example during her long reign, she's led with dignity and integrity but inevitably that reign is now coming to an end. In this podcast we reflect on the Queen's reign, we assess the role of the crown in our unwritten constitution and discuss what might happen when the Queen is no longer around. Do stay with us. Well, Greg, we're recording this podcast on the Wednesday evening, the 1st of June, and the weekend celebrations are ahead of us. And I don't know how you feel, Greg, but right now I've got quite mixed emotions about things because it's Her Majesty the Queen's 70th anniversary of her coronation, the Platinum Jubilee, this will inevitably be her last big jubilee. And you have to be pushing on eighty to have any meaningful recollection of a time where she wasn't our head of state. And whilst there's a lot to look forward to in the days ahead in terms of celebrations and commemorations, there is a sense that a very important era in our country's history is coming to an end, and we're sort of, in a sense, stepping into the unknown.
1: I wouldn't disagree with that. Um... You can be as sprightly and young as I am and remember it, though. Um, I can remember watching The Coronation. And uh, how old were you? Uh, how old was I? In 53, I would have been um, about six.
0: So what, what was that like for you then? Because people I well, know who are of your generation or older, they talk about the one TV in the whole street and everybody gathered around with a plate of sandwiches looking at a tiny screen.
1: What was it like for you? Well, we had... Now, uh, we lived on a farm, a, a huge farm, in uh, Crocum, and all the farm labourers and families came to the farm because um, the farmer bought a television to watch the coronation. The television was about three foot six high. It was about eight or nine inches wide from the bottom, all, all the um, electrics and valves and God knows what all that make a television were in this column that was about eight, nine inches wide by about maybe 12 inches deep. And the screen on the top was, I would say from memory, about eight inches by nine inches. And however, we got a much better picture Because it had a newly produced gadget, which was a huge magnifying glass on the front of it, that took it up to about 15 by 13. And the room was crammed, and I thought a lot of it was fascinating, Um, but it did drone on a long time, and being six years old, I kept on leaving the room to go and do something else and coming back again. Mm. Uh, But yes, I remember it fairly vividly.
0: But in terms of what we can reflect on in the days ahead, and I'm thinking now that the, the Queen has openly talked about this herself, and we've sort of been given permission to talk about it. When this reign comes to an end, at some point in the next few years, inevitably, I am of the view that there are Republican forces in the Commonwealth, but also very much in this country, who are just biding their time. And those voices will become far louder when the Queen leaves us. There will be a period, I believe, of dignified mourning. And then in the months that follow, the calls for a republic will get far louder. And I think the problem is this, Greg. Prince Charles, I've got a lot of time for. He's not a man without fault in that, look, the reality is he's already going to be into old age by the time he becomes king. and yeah,
1: he's younger than me. <laughs>
0: and he's not king yet. Uh, but there have been mistakes along the way. We know all about Diana. I have my concerns about how much he has been brainwashed by the uh, environmental lobby to a large extent, but that's on the minus side. On the plus side, he's got some very unfashionable opinions that I welcome, and I'm glad that he expresses those in a forthright right way. Um, he's also got, what, three charities that are involved in helping young people, uh, which really have transformed lives for the better. But I think that... What I'm getting at, Greg, is the Queen has made very few mistakes, none of any substance.
1: Charles will make a lot of mistakes, in my opinion.
0: But he already has done. And the point being, I don't necessarily blame him for this because you can't live the amount of time he's lived on this earth without the responsibility of being a king, without making mistakes. You put a magnifying glass to anyone's life, you'll find them. As somebody put it to me the other day, if you live your whole life in the public eye, and you get most things right, but you stole that chocolate bar that time. People remember, you stole that chocolate bar. Now, in Charles's case, we know what the mistakes are. We don't need to go through all that now. Can Prince Charles be a monarch with the integrity and command the respect that his mother has? I
1: very much doubt it. Mm. Um, He comes to the job late on, and when you say there'll be a period of dignified remembrance, and he'll have a honeymoon period. I don't know if you've noticed that uh, the new Australian Prime Minister, who is um, a left-wing, little experience, uh, within days of his being elected, has appointed in a, a, a regally based structure, a Minister for the Republic So, no, it's not going to wait until the Queen has died in a dignified period. It's already happening. Uh, We have this complete twit in Canada, um, Trudeau, who is... Well, sorry, he's just bringing Canada into disrepute. Um, It's already happening. And I don't think Charles will be able to avoid political um, man traps, in his case, king traps, um, I think he's going to fall into them left, right, and centre, as he did, has been doing with uh, World Wildlife Fund, um, with the virtue signalling therein, um, as he's doing with um, his utterly ill-informed um propaganda for the woke brigade with um, the likes of um, Attenborough and Packham and who are, uh, have made a career out of absolute nonsense about climate.
0: Yeah, look, there, there is a clear divide between Prince Charles's views and those of his late father in terms of how to deal Uh, with environmental issues. And when we pay tribute to Prince Philip last year in a podcast, we discussed that in quite a lot of depth. But you talked about the Australian situation and Prime Minister Anthony Albanese, who was elected last week, um, is known for his Republican sentiments. Although inevitably, I mean, this is part of what I'm saying, is that Anthony Albanese has said it and Sakia Starmer has said it and Mark Drakeford has said it, all known Republican people really. we They won't say it out loud the last two, but we believe them to have Republican sentiments. They've all paid tributes to Her Majesty the Queen as a person. And I think they are the sort of people that are effectively biding their time. But for as long as I can remember in Australia, the first Australian Prime Minister I can really remember was Paul Keating. And then we had the John Howard years for quite a long time. Um, but then Kevin Rudd and Julia Gillard, then Tony Abbott, but particularly Rudd and Gillard, they were known Republicans. I can remember the referendum in Australia on the abolishing um, the, the monarchy and having um, an elected head of state there in, what, the late 1990s. But the queen, the, reason... is,
1: the queen is an elected head of state because the people of Australia had a referendum on the subject and elected to have a Queen.
0: Well, yeah, that's what I just said. That's what I'm getting at. But what I do think, I think we got to separate the respect for which the Queen is held in the Commonwealth and indeed in this country for the royal family. As an institution, I think they're two separate things. I think when the Queen is no longer around, that will really come to the forefront. And I also believe that, move the discussion on a little bit now, you have to be getting on a bit, as I said at the start, you have to be getting on a bit to remember a time when the Queen wasn't our head of state. And I do believe that when that sad day comes, it will send shockwaves through this country because so much. Look, the reason I support the monarchy ultimately, I don't have. Any great affection for certain members of the royal family. I have a great respect for the queen myself, certain members of her family I do not, but what it is, it's like the king on a chessboard. The king doesn't actually do very much, but what the king on the chessboard does is stops others from getting in positions of power. Now, what that means in this context, in the constitutional context, is that there are certain people, if we were to get rid of the, the monarchy, and then my next question would be, who do you replace the monarchy with? And people say, oh, an elected head of state. And it could be, um, you know, somebody from the arts or somebody who's widely respected. I got this horrible image. If you get elected head of state, next thing you know, you'll have Stephen Fry opening parliament or something like that. And the roads will be closed when he comes down in his state-sponsored car and what have you. The point about the monarchy is, and the Queen in particular, I think has played a blinder on this for the last 70 years, is that it stops power-hungry politicians from occupying that space. And this is why I think this matters, Greg. Take the United States as an example, uh, and you know comparisons are often made about our system of governance and theirs. In America, the president is the head of state, and that leads to its own problems. Because take the Iraq War as an example, disgraceful invasion based on a lie, non-existent weapons of mass destruction, and yet there was a problem around that period, 2003, that I remember very well. Uh, in the American media, those that were criticising President Bush and Dick Cheney and Donald Rumsfeld and Colin Powell and all the rest of them, but particularly Bush, were seen as traitors. Now, we didn't have that problem because you were free to criticise the Blair government as much as you liked, but you were not seen as disloyal to your country in the same way you were in America, who has an elected head of state.
1: I agree with you entirely. Um, The great beauty of having Uh, a constitutional monarch is that that monarch shares power with the political head of state who is elected and it prevents the risks of absolute power which corrupts absolutely being in the hands of a a politician Mm. Mm. because if you look at america Um, they all waste a huge amount of money uh, marching to the left, and then everything that the left has done is dismantled, and they all march to the right and spend a huge amount of money on that.
0: Well, I believe believe it goes further than
1: that.
0: I, I believe it goes further than that. I believe we are now, and I think this process has been going on for a while, but it's coming to the forefront now. America's time as a hegemonic power is now in decline, and we can see... Uh, You you think about America, all the great things it's given this world in terms of music and entertainment and sports and business and you name it. And yet when I see the two candidates for the presidency uh, five years ago were Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton, and last time around it was Donald Trump and Joe Biden, I think to myself, hang on, all the great things you give to this world. Is this really the best you can do? And yet I don't see on either the liberal side or on the conservative side, the Democrat or the Republican side, any real stars coming through the ranks. That's something that concerns me greatly. But to talk about the Queen and this extraordinary 70-year reign which we're celebrating and commemorating this weekend. And to think, Greg, she's met 14 presidents. She's met and had close dealings with every prime minister since Churchill. That really is quite something. And to think of the huge change she's seen in all that time its breathtaking. Uh, You heard uh, comments Barack Obama made recently talking about when he met the Queen on a state visit and when they were talking over dinner. She could talk about um, meeting Truman and every president since then. This is some life, isn't
1: it? Oh, yes, she's had an incredible life and she has maximised on it without a shred of scandal, Mm. without putting a foot wrong anywhere until... She got dragged into the political um, nonsense that surrounded much of COVID. Um, Her speech was a superb rabble-rouser, but it was founded on information supplied by her politicians who fundamentally hadn't a clue what they were doing.
0: What was the the alternative? Because that was only a year or
1: two ago. Oh, I would agree with you that there was no alternative. Just as you said that you were concerned about the American elections um, with Trump and Hillary Clinton, um, and then Trump and Biden, Uh, going right the way back to World War II, please name an occasion of an election in America where the two people vying for the title were not more of an embarrassment than a benefit.
0: Well, no, I do believe there's been a decline in the uh, calibre of person who stood for the American presidency and the um, well, the calibre of speech making, the way they conduct themselves in public. I believe we've seen what now? The last five years, we've had Donald Trump frequently behaving in a crass and vulgar way on a, on a public platform. We've seen Joe Biden, a man who I had a professional respect for and a personal respect for, who is clearly in cognitive decline and continues to decline. Um, this To think about, I'm not saying, I don't want to spend ages now comparing the the merits of the various presidents, but you had the humour and the dry wit and the dignity of Reagan, um, the statesmanship of Clinton. You're not seeing presidents of that calibre. And I I saw a clip the other day, and I'd seen it before, of the late Barbara Bush. And she was asked about the friendship that developed between her late husband and Bill Clinton, particularly after the tsunami of 2005, when they, they... they traveled and dealt with the rebuilding process. And she said that the interviewer said that um, your husband and Bill Clinton have become friends. And bearing in mind, the 92 presidential race was a difficult one. And she said, that's right. My husband, Bill Clinton, and I have become friends. And to to cut short on this, because we're short of time, she said, he comes here every summer. We don't talk politics, but we talk about other things. And he sees Um, Bill Clinton sees my husband as the father figure, in a sense, the father he never had. And I thought to myself, whatever you may think of either of those two men, compare it to the vulgarity of Donald Trump and the crudeness and the crass sentiments he's made about his political opponents. There has been a decline in America. And this is really we're seeing now in terms of the discussion we're having here in terms of head of state, this is causing America significant embarrassment and America's standing in the world significant embarrassment but to conclude in the minute or two we've got left in terms of the queen I don't think there is any state head of state anywhere in the world that is held in the same level of reverence and respect as her majesty the queen and I think that is something that is something worth celebrating over the course of the next four days and it's also worth reflecting on when that time comes and it can't be that far away now sadly where do we go from here because I do believe that the change when it comes is going to be very, very profound.
1: I would agree with you. However, I think it is the duty of everybody who values Britain and what it has to has offered and given the world, plus what it can still give the world as the United Kingdoms. It is our duty to do all we can to maintain the same level of respect for the office of our monarch and assist Charles in maintaining that line, just as he may not be the the perfect example as he sets out. But if you look at our political structure, um, Boris Johnson is beset with problems has worked his way through a very, very difficult period in our country's history. In fact, in the world's history and has done it better than anyone else on the horizon that one can see would have done it. I have very little time for many of the things he has obviously done wrong, but who the hell else would have brought us through this?
0: Well, that, that's a. We'll end on this point, Greg, because I'm in no doubt, very little doubt anyway, in my mind, that Boris Johnson will be gone by the autumn. And it might be sooner than that, the way um, letters are being handed in to Sir Graham Brady, the chairman of the 1922 committee, in terms of a leadership contest. And they're increasing by the day. We're hearing um, the former Brexit secretary, David Davis, making noises to those. Um, those tunes. And Andrea Ledson, the former leadership challenger to Theresa May, uh, has also made similar comments. But people are frustrated with Boris Johnson now. We will talk about this in more depth in another podcast. And there is a contrast, is there not, between the night before Prince Philip's funeral, when um, Boris Johnson was partying away and um, doing things he shouldn't have been. And we've seen that in Sue Gray's report. And then we had the following day, the Queen after a marriage lasting, oh, you tell me, how many years were they married going back to, they met, what well, just after the war, didn't they?
1: 46. Yeah, correct. 48. Correct.
0: And the Queen sat alone in that church, and I watched that in full. I, I sat there for hours watching the whole thing. The Queen sat alone, and she represented, in a sense, the many people up and down the country who weren't able to be with their parents, their husbands, their wives, when they were nearing the very end of their lives and those who had to do the same thing at their funerals, and contrast that to what Boris Johnson and the cowboys around him were doing, that does leave a bitter taste in the mouth. We can discuss that another time, but that was yet another example in that most personal of moments, in that most difficult of moments, where the Queen well and truly led by example. And I'd like to conclude on that point, Greg, and wish Her Majesty the Queen all the very best. And hopefully we will see, I think we will see a little bit of her in the days ahead. We won't see her at everything. She's not going to the Derby. I hope she can attend St. Paul's for the uh, the service of uh, Thanksgiving. Uh, maybe we'll see her a bit more than that as well. But I think we're in for a, a few days of fun and reflection. I thank you as always, Greg. I mean, it's been a fascinating discussion. Join us again next time.